Posse Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Packcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tim Grassi, and today we are going to be breaking down the Week 11 America's Game of the Week, I might add, it, because it was just too fantastic for the one o'clock slot to hold. You got the Colts versus the Green Bay Packers. And so to help me break it down and preview this matchup, we got a man who is now working with the Sports Illustrated. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He's also working with allcolts.com. He is the host of the Believe in Colts podcast, Mr. Jake Arthur. Jake, thanks so much for coming on the show, bud. Man, that was an excellent introduction. I don't, I don't know how much better we can get from there. You want to just like reshoot like a bunch of times? I feel like I didn't have enough energy for that one. So anytime yeah. you want. Yeah, perfect. Just like, just start going, like rip off my shirt and it just says believe in Colts underneath, you know, like, just like, go, just go balls to the wall. Yeah, I would do it, but no one wants to see that. I'll just, <laughs> I'll stick with my, I met little Sebastian shirt. Oh my God. I, it was cut off. And now that I know that you have that shirt, this is, that's. <laughs> Perfect. That's, huh? that's, that's a testament to you and your character, sir. And I already, this is already a top five episode in my book because of that shirt. I love it. Absolutely. Glad to, glad to bring the thunder for you. And you know what? And that just, now I'm reminded that they took Parks and Rec off of Netflix and it makes me sad. Oh, the office is soon. So <sighs> listen, it's just becoming a wasteland, but yeah. They're like, you could go to Peacock. I'm like, ain't nobody going to Peacock. Ain't no one. It has commercials from what I hear. Yeah, I'm, I ain't about that. And I ain't paying you to not watch my commercials. That's what I got Netflix for. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I ain't about it. But Jake, I, I greatly appreciate you coming on. You know, the Packers and Colts, they really don't meet up too often. And uh, anytime I get to, to talk to a Colts fan is, is, always a, is always a good time. And I feel like, you know, in the, in the years it's been since we had our last matchup, a lot has happened for you guys. A lot of... A lot of ups and downs and uh, <laughs> wanes and ebbs and flows and all of that stuff. And, and I kind of want to start and ask the uh, like the, the elephant in the room or no longer in the room. And, and that's about Andrew Luck. Because, you know, it, we're, 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 we're a little bit removed now. I know I'm sorry to dredge up these, these, these painful memories. Um, but I, I look at the Colts now and all I can think is like, oh, so now you got an offensive line. And I'm just thinking like Andrew Luck is sitting at home, just like cursing out the Colts and he might have a voodoo doll. So like, I'm curious just to get from like your standpoint, from a fan, as an analyst, kind of like, what are your thoughts, feelings in when Andrew Luck is announcing his retirement? You know, how did you feel about the organization as a whole? Cause I know there's very, very strong feelings from, from that end. Kind of just like walk me through what's going on when Luck is retiring. Yeah. So, um, I guess you could say I had the benefit of being in the building that night. Um, oh. and yeah, so in the press box, you know, co covering the games live, it's a preseason game, mind you. So sure. it's, I think it was the third quarter. So most of the media had kind of checked out mentally, you know, maybe, maybe hammering away on whatever report they had to do. And then this Adam Schefter tweet comes up and just starts dinging its way throughout the press box to all this <laughs> media that's in here. And everyone's just looking at each other like, what the hell? Like, what? What? And it's I, I tapped my, uh, my partner at the time on the shoulder, and I was like, dude, look at this. And sure enough, it said Andrew Luck is retiring. And then our, uh, our PR staff was up uh, kind of above my right shoulder, 
I felt bad for them because, you know, everyone in an entire room at once wanted to hear from them. Exactly. So, um, I, it was crazy. I just remember everyone was looking down at him on the field. And then once the game was over, you kind of started to hear booze, which kind of told you that everyone in the entire building knew yeah. uh, at that point, uh, just ru- running down to try to go to the, the locker room and the, the press conference area after the game, the elevators were kind of jacked up with people trying to get down there. So me and a couple other people, you know, kind of sprinted down the stairs from all the way to the top of Lucas Oil to oh, the geez. basement where the locker room uh, is. And yeah, it, uh, it was true. He was, he was retiring and it was just totally mind blowing. Um, you know, very Barry Sanders, like someone retiring at the, at the peak of their game, still a lot of years left. Um, but no, it's, I, I totally understand why. I think at a certain point when you're a smart guy who doesn't need football, if, if playing football is causing you so many hardships physically and everything, then why, why continue to do it? You know, and he was, he's a new father as well. Uh, he had gotten married, so he just really didn't need football anymore. Sure. And uh, me and along with a lot of the other people who, who pay attention to the Colts kind of feel like the real life version of that Wolverine meme where we're laying in bed and <laughs> looking looking at that, that framed picture and it's Andrew and <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's odd. We got, we got spoiled around here with quarterback play for a really long time. Uh, we had a nice flash of Jim Harbaugh for a couple years. And then of course, Peyton Manning from 98 to 2010 really. And then Andrew Luck from 2012 kind of until 2015 is when the wheels kind of fell off that, but sure. Um, post Andrew life is interesting. Um, it's weird to have to wonder what your quarterback position looks like long-term because of course, Philip Rivers, that's a year to year thing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of been put in the same boat with a lot of other fan bases wondering what the, what the long-term franchise outlook looks like at, uh, at quarterback. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, obviously besides like the shock of it all, you alluded to kind of the back to back, if you will, you know, great QB play. And I might have some experience with that in, in some form, uh, which yeah. is usually to the hatred of many of a many NFC North fans, <laughs> but absolutely, um, you know, yeah, it, it was just it, for me, obviously, you know, not as a Colts fan, but just like to watch that happen and to see the injuries after injuries, like you got it, like you understood it. And I, I was like the, the thing that I pulled away from it at the end, you mentioned the booing, like that stuck around with like a lot of people and was like, eh, like that didn't, that didn't feel good. Like that was, that was, that was a negative, but again, like at the same time, like, you know, I think it's a mix of like shock, hurt, angry, upset, like throw all of those emotions in. And that's what you have on that, you know, third preseason night. Yeah. I just don't think people knew what, how to react. Um, Cause as far as we knew, you know, this was basically classified as a, a calf injury, lower leg injury, really the entire off season luck only only participated in a few training camp practices. Um, but nothing was ever really considered to be serious. So everyone just thought, you know, whatever, it, maybe it lingers a week or two into the season and he's back, whatever. But it was never serious enough where people thought that not only would he not play, but that he was going to retire. Um, but God, yeah, that was, I just don't think people knew how to react. It, it was just yeah. shocking. He, he 
had earned a massive new contract where you thought, you know, he'd, he'd be around forever. Um, he was going to be the quarterback until he was 40 or so years old, but not how that went. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Not at all. Um, so now, you know, you bring in during this offseason, you bring in Philip Rivers, right? And, and you, you already alluded to it, who it's like a year to year basis. The, I've mentioned this on the show like a million times. The throwing motion still gives me a seizure every single time I see it. Like, <laughs> like that. Like I imagine there's just like little league coaches that are like, "Don't look at this." Like I know he's a professional, but don't look at this. Um, and listen, like you know, he's he's had like really clean pockets this year. The offensive line obviously has been built up to be one of the best in the league. Um, I'm kind of curious of like your thoughts on when you bring in a guy like Philip rivers, you know, you obviously still have to worry about long-term future, but you bring in a guy like Philip rivers. What are you thinking when, in terms of like season expectations, you know, you had last year with Brissett, you know, and, and in the beginning of the season, you were able to find some good success. Um, and then you bring in a guy like Philip rivers, kind of like where are your thoughts in terms of how you thought the team would do this year? Uh, yeah, they're kind of sitting about where we expected, um, you know, just being realistic about it, an older quarterback joining a new team, um, they're obviously probably going to be set in their ways a little bit. So you, you're probably not going to see them climb to like a whole nother level or anything. Uh, but, you know, I, I figured it was going to be stable, reliable quarterback play. Um, Phillip Rivers has seen everything. So you're, you're just probably not going to get those month long lulls where there is no passing game. Um, so I kind of figured, you know, they, they had a pretty good chance of ending the season number one in the AFC South. And that's where they sit right now. Mm -hmm. uh, they still, they still got a bunch of division games ahead of them. So we'll see how it goes, but beating the Titans in Tennessee, that was massive. Um, I, I said on, on, I think it was on my show uh, last week, you know, this, this game with the Packers is big, but if they lost it, it really wouldn't have been that big a deal because yeah. they had the Ravens game. Uh, they had Tennessee, they have Tennessee again next week. You know, they, they have Jacksonville and then Houston twice, which no one's really scared of those teams, but they are division games. You know, sure. anything can, can really Never happen know. in those. Um, but shoot, yeah, now being on top of the AFC South and having a game like this one against the Packers coming up, if they can win again, that you know, that, that really solidifies things. It's uh, They've found success not really in a way that we knew was going to come, though. Mm. Um we kind of figured they'd have a top five rushing attack because uh, they were, they finished last year, number seven, and then they added Jonathan Taylor. They've had the same offensive line since midway through 2018. Um, that, then that's led the way for several huge rushing performances, mm -hmm. but um, really they've, they've won and lost on the shoulders of Phillip Rivers for the most part. Um, their running game really has not been all, all that to write, all that much to write home about this year. I think they're in the lower half of the league um, on, on average. And uh, yeah, if, if he doesn't have a good game, they really don't have a good game offensively mm -hmm. at all. Uh, the defense has carried everything for the most part, but uh, when, when Phillip has a good game, that's really when they're at their best. Um, so yeah, it's uh, expectations. It, it was a smooth transition. It's, it's nice not to really have to worry about the quarterback position because yeah. He was, he was going into a system he was already familiar with, with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni. So if you're going to get a, a new quarterback at that stage in his career, it's good for him to not have to learn a whole new system. So, yeah. um, so far things have been smooth, not perfect, but smooth. And 
shoot, if you're if you're sitting with seven games left and you're at the top of the division, I think that's exactly where you'd want to be. Yeah, not really, not really much better, right? Like at that point, you're just like, you know, there's performances, obviously. I mean, just the Packers are there too that they would like to have back. But um, you know, I think heading into this, I didn't realize how good the defense was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of stuck out. The fact that, and again, I, I do get great joy out of this, the fact that you took Xavier Rhodes away from the Vikings who Aaron Rodgers torched his entire career. We always joked that the roads were open. It was a beautiful thing. And now you've turned him into like playing like a pro bowl caliber uh, player this year is just so sweet because anytime we could stick it to the Vikings, I'm all about it. Um, Were you expecting kind of like this performance out of the defense? Because I mean, both in your rush defense and also in the past defense, if I'm not mistaken, you're top five. Um, and it, and it's, it's looked really good. now do you attribute that? Cause trust me, there's plenty of haters out there. Do you, do you think that that attributes to the, the strength of schedule, like the strength of your opponent that you've played thus far? Is it a mix of things? You know, is it just like the schemes that are being called personnel's being put in the right position? What, how did you see like this defense evolving? Uh, so yeah, this, this defense is what people hoped for this season. It was like best case scenario. And it turns out that's how it's been. Uh, getting to force Buckner was huge. Uh, now, granted, like you said, their strength of schedule in the first half of the schedule was pretty weak. You had the Jets and uh, the Vikings when they were doing really poorly <laughs> and, uh, team, you know, teams like that. But, you know, they, they've they turned in some pretty quality performances too. Uh, they contain Lamar Jackson for the most part. Um, their coaching staff just really flipped it and played exactly into his strengths in the second half. And the Colts offense could do nothing. So it, it just kind of killed things there. Um, but no, they, they did really well against the Titans. Um, I, I think they're legit. They're like you said, they're top five overall against rushing, passing, scoring. They, they lead the league in defensive and special teams touchdowns. I think they're, they're tied or they're right near the top in interceptions. They're not bad in sacks. So they're, they're legit. Um, they're just getting their best performances from, from several players. Like you said, Xavier Rhodes has resurrected himself in the system. DeForest Buckner is, has been worth every penny they, they paid. Darius Leonard is Darius Leonard. Um, something they, they really benefited from, you know, Malik Hooker was always an inconsistent safety, but he had special playmaking ability that not a lot of guys have. And, you know, he went down with an Achilles injury in week two and a rookie and Julian Blackman came in to replace him. But Blackman has been playing damn near at a, a defensive rookie of the year level. Uh, he's really smart, really instinctive. He doesn't really get beat. He, he keeps things in front of him. He's not a big guy, but he, he plays downhill in the run really well. Also, he had a huge tackle for loss against Derrick Henry last week. Solo tackle. It was beautiful. Uh but, you know, if, if you lose a player like Malik Hooker, you don't expect his rookie replacement to raise that position to a whole nother level. And, and he really has. Um, so, no, at, at all layers of the defense, they're uh, they're doing really well. They, their secondary was probably what you were going to worry about leading into the season. Uh, but they've kind of maximized things. It's been really odd because they added a guy like TJ Carey who, you know, brought in to be like the, the fourth corner, fourth or fifth cornerback. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime one of the corners has gone down, he stepped in and he's played really well, which was surprising uh, because one thing a lot of us saw when they signed him was, all right, maybe don't 
maybe don't have to rely on him covering on the outside. And he's actually done really, really well there. Nice. Um, so it's the, the Colts are used to having a ton of injuries to significant players, but yeah. they've been relatively healthy with those big players. And a lot of the best case scenarios are kind of working themselves out. So they're really lucky right now to not have their hand forced by injuries or anything like that. So that's it, it, things are going about as well as, as you can, you can hope for on that front. Yeah. And, and I, and I think like to, to your points, you know, you brought up like the Ravens game and them heading in, like heading into Tennessee. Like I picked against the Colts because I was like, Oh, it's a short week. You know, they didn't put up a great performance uh, in the second half against like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, you know, their offense was a bit stagnant and a bit flat. And then they go in and they put in like this dominant rushing performance, which is what terrifies me. But they put in like this, this great rushing performance, you know, and, and they take down the Titans at home. And, you know, I kind of wanted to get your, your take, not necessarily even on like the Colts, but they play into this, is that what I've kind of seen from like this year, you know, whatever this year has been, this season, like I feel like this whole like week to week league has like never been more true than it is in 2020. Because mm-hmm. like you could have those teams that like are dominant one week and then like the next week they look like utter and complete trash, you know, against teams that they should be able to beat or at least they should be more competitive with, what have you. So as someone who, you know, is obviously is working with the NFL and is, and is constantly, you know, consuming it, I'm curious of like, do you attribute that to, you know, is it just because it's like COVID? Is it because of just like the nature of what this season is? Um, or is it just, you know, we've gone with football without football for a while and we forgot for some reason that it's a week to week league. Yeah. I don't know. There, there has been a lot of unpredictability. Uh, you would have expected that early in the year because yeah. of not having an off season and no training camp or, or there was training camp, but no like preseason. Sure. Sure. Uh, but for it to still be going on mid season is a little surprising. Uh, I know just from like a Colts perspective, you never know what's going to happen offensively week to week. Uh, and it's not even always just a scheme thing. It's just what they're capable of doing. Yeah. Even against defenses, they should be capable of doing it against. Um, but yeah, there, there's just a lot of surprising things that you see week to week. Um, I guess that is just what this year is. Um, I, I know one thing I, I read recently was that uh, penalties are down, I guess, or at least like significant 10, 15 yard penalties are mm. down, which opens things up a little bit that keeps drives going and, and things like that. That could be part of it. I know offensively and like scoring, everything was up early in the season. Yeah. Uh, so I just think it's a weird 2020 season. I don't recall things always going this way before. Yeah. Maybe like I just like blocked out last year after we lost the NFC championship game. And I was like, I don't remember what football is, but the like, I mean, you mentioned that you mentioned defenses too. I feel like there are very few elite great defenses this year because I, and I'm just obviously talking from like the NFC like there aren't any, right? You looked at the Buccaneers and I was like, oh, okay, they're a really, really good defense. And then like the Saints literally slap them in the face. Like yeah. you, you, you see these games and it, and I think it is to your point of like the scoring is up, the drives are up. And I know that you, what you were referring to, referees are not calling as many penalties and are like kind of not trying to be like as controversial as possible. And because of that, you know, you get higher scoring games, what have you. It just seems that a lot of defenses are getting either run over or passed on. 
And I think, you know, when it comes to the Colts, like if you're able to kind of keep the health of that defense, like heading into the postseason, like that gives you a significant advantage, you know, against, you know, some of these other teams who their defenses not are not looking as good. You look at like the Steelers, obviously, like they're sticking out of having a good defense. Um, but other than that, in the AFC of like guys that you're going to contend with, I know the Raiders have kind of like poked around and every now and then they put up a really good, you know, dominant defensive performance. But I think, you know, the whole defense wins championships thing like that just might be the case this year. And like, how do you see the Colts stacking up against some of those like elite teams within the AFC, whether it's the Steelers or the Chiefs or I don't even know if I can call the Ravens elite anymore. You know, how do you see them stacking up with against those teams, the Bills? Um, God, I, I know one team that really scares me is the Chiefs, obviously. Uh, the Colts did beat them last season. Um they were dominant on the ground. I think they, mm-hmm. I think they ran for nearly 200 yards. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was a bit banged up, had a bum ankle in that game too, but he still did some just goofy Patrick Mahomes things. Yeah. Um, I think the Colts match up pretty well with the Ravens. And I think we saw that again, up until the second half, uh, the Colts offense ran four plays in the third quarter and had one yard. Uh, so their defense just got absolutely gassed. Yeah. And then that that totally relinquished the game in the second half to, to the Ravens. But the defense did look good against them. Uh, the Bills are an interesting team. I uh, – God. Yeah, I, I honestly that, – that's exactly how I feel about the Bills. I'm like, sometimes you look amazing. Sometimes I know. you I, don't. <laughs> I try to separate – literally fantasy football from reality. And I don't, I still don't know if Josh Allen scares me or not. Like I know he's, he's, he's absolutely capable of killing a team, but like I've just seen too much of Wyoming, Josh Allen and rookie Josh Allen, you know, like maybe I'm still jaded from that, but um, (laughs) no, I I think defense can carry the Colts a long long way. And what they really need to do is establish the run on offense. I don't know why they can't, Again, it's they've had the same five starting offensive linemen since mid midway through 2018. And in that time, they've had some incredible rushing performances. I know Marlon Mack is out. Yeah. And make no mistake about it, he is their best running back. Um, but I, I don't know. They they've not pulled the plug on Jonathan Taylor. That's not how what you can call it, but he has taken a back seat like he was featured after Marlon Mack went down and he's still the starter, Yeah, but he's not getting 20 carries, 25 carries a game anymore. It's no. been like seven, 10, 12. Like he's not a big featured piece anymore. And you'd like to see it because, you know, he's, he's a second round pick. We all saw what he did at Wisconsin. Uh, if he can grow into that, you know, maybe he's, he gets the ball rolling a little more. Uh, but I, I think the defense is, is deep playoff contender worthy, but the offense is too unpredictable right now to really know. I think if they can get that run game going, that will answer some things for sure. Yeah. And I I mean, I saw the, I was watching last Thursday's game and watching uh, Jonathan Taylor struggle, like literally do like that spin, get the hell off of me move. And I was like, (laughs) Ooh, okay. So that's why you drafted him. But listen, as someone who's very aware of drafting and running back in the second round of a draft, uh, and not having to pay off so much. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do, let me put it this way. If there was a game for Jonathan Taylor to do really well, it might be this Sunday against the Packers mm-hmm. because their run defense is uh, not so hot, you may have heard. Um, <laughs> so, so looking into that and then looking into this Sunday, um, 
how do you see this game, you know, going, you don't have to give me like an exact prediction or anything like that, but how do you see the game kind of like flowing? Where do you see like the strength of the Colts is going to be? Where could potentially the Packers exploit just so I can send the text to Matt LaFleur? Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like, what are you seeing for this Sunday? Um, the biggest thing I'm paying attention to on Green Bay side right now is whether or not Devontae Adams is going to play. Um, very big member of the Devontae Adams fan club right here. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a sucker for guys who can run routes and, and get open that way. I think he's probably the best route runner in the league. And oh, yeah. although the, the Colts are containing guys, receivers who aren't the elite speedsters, I think Devontae Adams would still have his way. You know, chemistry, the chemistry he and Aaron Rodgers has does not come along very often. So that's the biggest thing that worries me. Um, I think the Colts defense is capable of shutting down really any running back um, if necessary. So Aaron Jones is very, very good, but the, the Colts defense has just proven to be capable of shutting down opponents' run games. Um, last week against Derrick Henry, it was weird because even though Tennessee was down big in the fourth quarter, they kept running it. It's mm-hmm. like they, they didn't want to want to pass. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the Devontae Adams stuff is really what I'm most paying attention to. Um, you are not the first person I've talked to this season who is like, you know, if the Colts run game is going to blow up, it'll be this week against our, <laughs> our team. And it just hasn't happened. So I, I really want to believe that, but I've got to see it happen. Um, I'm okay with that. It doesn't have to be Taylor. It doesn't have to be Jordan Wilkins. It, it can be Naheem Hines going, yep. going nuts again. Um, I mean, he had a career day last, last week. Um, he's a good pass catching back. I was kind of looking at what running backs have done against Green Bay, and I'm I'm hoping for some sort of Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook sort of situation. Uh, you know, those. To. It's okay. <laughs> you, you don't have you know. <laughs> <laughs> now the the Colts don't get those too often, but uh, obviously it's possible against Green Bay. Um, I don't know. It's it, it again. It just kind of depends what Philip Rivers you get to. Uh, is is there going to be much of a pass rush against him? Uh, I don't know if Devonte Adams plays, I think the Packers probably win it. Uh, if he does not, I lean much more towards the Colts. Yeah. I think, you know, there, there's other things that stand out to me. Um, you know, if Kevin King and Jair Alexander are back, you know, those mm-hmm. are two things, you know, Jair coming off concussion protocol, Kevin King has been sidelined for weeks now with an injury and we thought it wasn't significant, but here we are still. Um, you know, Devonte not practicing. He didn't practice today either. And I'm like a little concerned about that. We're supposed to hopefully get Alan Lazard back. You know, that would be a big number two if all of them are playing. Cause we haven't had them all together since week two. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if it's going to be one of those scenarios where it's actually going to be similar to the Vikings game, maybe Dalvin, you know, not the Dalvin cook level numbers, but you know, the green Bay Packers in the, in the first half only got the ball twice, you know, they scored both times. But then, like, you know, it was just running out the clock. We did really well. And then the Vikings were able to just move the ball downfield on them. And, like, we just did it over and over again. Then they just couldn't keep up in the third. So, like, that's what I'm, I'm slightly afraid of. Um, in terms of receivers that you have, you know, like Pittman, I think he came alive a little bit uh, last Thursday against the yeah. the, the, the Titans. Um, kind of, like, speak to that. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think T.Y. Hilton has a touchdown yet this year. I don't believe so. No. No. Um, I, I was just confirming. So, in like, where do you see 
like the biggest threats when it comes to your receivers? Like, is this going to be like, this is it TY like, this is your day. Um, like, you know, kind of where are the threats coming from that from Phillip rivers to target. Uh, so as far as TY goes, his biggest contribution so far has really been um, drawing penalties from defenders and pulling attention away from his, his teammates. Okay. He, it's crazy. Cause he's, I, I think he is tied or is one away from the Colts all-time lead in 150 yard receiving games. Like he, every year he has one or two just absolutely bananas games. And I think his, his highest receiving this year is like 70 or 75 yards. So we haven't even come close to that. Uh, I just don't really know that the magic is there between rivers and Hilton. Mm. Like it was with luck and Hilton luck and Hilton were on a level like Rogers and Devonte Adams. Agreed. Like, that it's it's where it's where T.Y. Hilton earned that that nickname the ghost. Like they they just had this connection where they would pop up out of nowhere and there you know, there you go you know fifty yard touchdown. Yep. Uh, but no R- Rivers most reliable guys lately uh, has been Pittman. Um, Pittman was out for a, a little while uh, earlier in the season. He had a, a calf injury that required a procedure, but he came back. Uh, the last two weeks he leads the Colts in targets. Uh, receiving yards. Like you said, he had a big game last week, had his first 100-yard game of his career. Uh, he doesn't have a touchdown yet either, but that feels like it's coming. Um, T.Y. was never a big touchdown scorer to begin with, but yeah, he, he doesn't either. Um, but yeah, it's I'm really looking at, at Michael Pittman as the focal point of the passing game moving forward, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Johnson is their biggest deep threat, but he's kind of been a non-factor the past couple weeks. Um, Zach Pascal is the guy that, you know, no, no other fan bases seem to really know about, but he'll catch four or five balls a game. He's kind of a good chain mover. Um, but no, it, Michael Pittman's role just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then you also got to look at the running backs because they kind of contribute in the passing game quite a bit too. Um, I love when they get Jonathan Taylor involved in the passing game because good things happen. Uh, but Naheem Hines, especially he's really dangerous. Um, he's, he's one of their leading receivers and, and he's a running back himself. So uh, I would, I would especially circle um, Pittman and Hines. Yeah. And then you, you might get a little bit of Mo Alley Cox involved as well. Um gotcha it's kind of been a toss up, which tight end is going to be favored week to week between Allie Cox and Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton was the apple of Phillip rivers eyes uh, eye for a few weeks, but we said that about Allie Cox early in the season. And now that both of them are healthy and playing together, there has been no favorite really. Yeah. Um, but no, Phillip's biggest thing is he spreads it around. Like every week it's eight, nine or 10 different guys getting passes. You don't have one guy who's just getting, far and away most of the attention like a Devonte adams or keenan allen sure. no no one like that um so yeah that ball is going to get spread around for sure yeah no i i like i said i think it's gonna be a good game i, I think it's it's gonna be a really i'm glad that they flex this uh to to you know as close to america's game of the week um mm-hmm. because i think that for both of our teams like this is a great test i think this is the best defense that we have played all season um and i and i think that you know the packers offense like needs to kind of nice to hit the ground running. Um, cause when we usually face any adversity, that's usually when it becomes a big problem and we're not able to like bounce back. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that 
they're going to be able to score quickly. Cause I know last week against the Jaguars, that wasn't the performance that a lot of people were expecting. And yet, you know, it was, it was down to the wire, unfortunately. So, but listen, we got a W that's all that matters. And I got one more question for you. Yeah. Um, we, were, we, were, we, we kind of started a little bit with QB and I want to end with QB. Where do you see, you know, what is like the future of the QB position for the Colts? Do you think, you know, they target somebody in the draft, like as early as, you know, this year again, are they going to potentially like wait and see what they got um, with rivers and the backups kind of from your standpoint, where do you think they're heading in that direction? Honestly, all options are open. Uh, It it doesn't look like they're going to finish with that great, that high of a draft pick to like be able to rely on getting one of those, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, any of those guys. Sure. Uh, that kind of was the situation in this most recent draft as well. You know, they weren't going to quite be high enough to get Justin Herbert or something like that. So they, they traded, they traded to get DeForest Buckner. Um, but no, it's, so they view Phillip Rivers as a year to year thing. It's not just this year. They, they may very well bring him back for another year. If, if he finishes on a high note, they drafted Jacob Eason in the fourth round. He's a little bit of a project. Uh, they unfortunately didn't get to see him in the preseason to see him live against another defense. Uh, but, I mean, they, they like what they've got and what they're building there with him. Uh, but make no mistake about it. If if they have a quarterback that they like in this next draft that comes to them, they'll not hesitate to pull the trigger. Uh, but general manager Chris Ballard at the same time has said they're never going to force it. Like, if, if they're sitting there at, I don't know, 20 and they don't have a quarterback valued right there, they're not just going to reach for that guy. You know, yeah. uh, there was a lot of question about Jordan Love. Um, a lot of people thought that, <laughs> that Jordan Love w- was going to be a Colt before the draft was over. Uh, obviously, he is a Packer now. Uh, but no, they were never going to force that, you know. Um, it seems it, it seems odd to not have a solid long-term plan in place at quarterback. Sure. But what they do is they they prepare for each situation and have so many um, so many options available for each situation. So it's just it's hard to say. Um, it'd probably be as long as Rivers doesn't look just toast by the end of the year, I think it'd be a good good idea to log him in for another year mm-hmm. just to have that safety net. And uh, if Eason looks good in, in training camp in the preseason, you see what you got there. But by no means pass on a quarterback if, if there's a good one in this draft because uh, it does look like there's a pretty good group of quarterbacks it coming does. in the 2021 draft. So I do expect them to get one in the first couple days, but only if, if their value matches where, where the quarterback is actually at in the draft. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the worst time to draft for a quarterback is when you need one. And the Packers yeah. were just like, we're going to take that and dial it up to 11. Because why yeah. not? Like, <laughs> We're looking years down the line. Here. Caught fire with Rodgers and Favre once. Why, why not yeah, exactly. It was yeah. fine. No no one was upset about that. And I'm not really glad that the internet took it as well as it did. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. no one ever. <laughs> but uh, Jake, it's been an absolute blast talking to you. I really appreciate you coming on, providing your insight about the Colts. I, I do wish you luck for the rest of the season, just not this Sunday. And uh, can you tell the people where they can find all the things that you do? 
Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Arthur NFL. Uh, same goes for Facebook. And then uh, trying to get this this new podcast kind of off the ground a little bit. Believe in Colts on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, you can get that on Twitter and Facebook as well at B L E A V I N Colts. Uh, a lot of people think it's believe like I believe in you, but that is not the case. Um, but no, that's uh, you can you can find me hosting that show. Uh, I'm also on Sports Illustrated's Colts website, allcolts.com. Um, I got my my weekly fantasy preview for this game coming out sometime tonight um thursday night as of as of us speaking now so yeah that's that's where you can find me writing and speaking <laughs> and well, tweeting well, sometimes at the same time you're just sometimes, yeah writing things down that's that's awesome man no i appreciate you coming on uh and yeah man this was uh this was great you could always find me at tom grass Com- you know where to find me why am i talking you tom grass comedy you know the youtube fine you'll find me somewhere that's fine i'll find you but thank you so much for watching i'm tom grassy and as always Go Pack Go!